Cleaning.com. From the Pearson Signature Dealership Studio, this is the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, WRNL Richmond and WRBQ HD2 Richmond. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when the mama's sing. Good morning, good afternoon, Richmond. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, it is a Wednesday here in Richmond, August 30th. And Wednesdays on The Fan, you know we talk a lot of Virginia Tech Hokies. We'll catch up with Bill Roth on the Cowan Gates Hokies update at 1.30. Hokies hosting the Monarchs of Old Dominion Saturday night. It will be the primetime game on the ACC Network, and you can hear it right here on 910 The Fan, the home of the Hokies. We've got Lurch from the Sports Junkies. We'll catch up with him at 1245. They had an awesome interview with Hokies head coach Brent Pry yesterday. If you missed that, you can check it out on the podcast by searching Junkies on 910 The Fan, Odyssey, or anywhere that you get your streaming services. And then we'll talk some high school football here in Richmond, Virginia. Going to highlight Highland Springs, who went to Florida and got a big win against Miramar. As Zach Joaquin will join us to talk high school football. He's the beat reporter for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. And then we'll drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess, who will begin his 30th season calling high school football games here in Richmond tomorrow night. That game can be heard 7 p.m. on 1140 a.m., WRVA. But you guys know how we like to start the show every day by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world. It's not the sports phone. It's definitely not the sports wallet. It's time for the sports app. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Whoa, 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 are you serious? Wi Fi plus 3G, 64 This one, this one. Sports app. All right, let's start in Major League Baseball here on the sports app. And every day on the sports app, we are tracking the Washington Nationals, who are in the middle of the series against the Toronto Blue Jays. They lost the first game 6-3, but got the second one last night 5-4 as Carter Keboom and Kebert Ruiz went deep as the Nats defeated the Blue Jays 5-4. How about the young Nationals roster? Jacob Young got his first major league hit, a bunt, a bunt single in the seventh, and then he stole second base and able uh, was able to get home as the Nats went on to win 5-4. to four. Uh, Our Nationals luster by Adolph player of the week is Kaber Ruiz. It just seems like anytime he gets to the plate, it's going to be a home run. But how about Carter Keboom, who missed the entire season because of an injury. He's now played three games for the, uh, six games for the Nationals and has three home runs, including this one that he hit yesterday to left center field scoring Dominic Smith in the top of the second. Swing and a belt to deep left field. This one is going, going, and gone goodbye. Over and to the right of the Blue Jays' bullpen. A long home run for Carter Keboom. On the first pitch he sees from Jose Barrios. Yeah, got to feel good that for Keboom. I mean, he's Three just been really seeing the ball well since coming back. 
And this is a guy that the Nats had high hopes for, and it just didn't work the first time he made it up to the big leagues. And then Cabert Ruiz steps to the plate in the top of the fifth inning and hits a home run, scoring Lane Thomas and Joey Manessis to give the Nats the lead as they would go on to win 5-4. to four. Rios to the belt, the pitch to Ruiz. Swung on and belted, deep to right field, way back, going, going, gone, goodbye. Bang, zoom goes K-Bert Ruiz. All over a fastball that was up on a 1-1 count. Home run number 16, RBIs 53, 54, and 55. A three-run shot here in the fifth. And it's now the Nationals 5 and the Blue Jays 1. Thanks to WJFK in D.C. for the call on that one. Let's move over to basketball here on the Sports app. Zach, were you up early this morning? Because at 4.30, you could have watched Team USA against Jordan. They crushed Jordan, and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who's been kind of looking like Kobe throughout the FIBA World Cup, Uh 110-62 to finish pool play 3-0 as Anthony Edwards of the Timberwolves was the star for Team USA. And uh, Edwards and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson had a, a bit of a duel in the beginning of the game there, kind of spiced up the game. That Besides that, it was a low-drama game. But I didn't realize Hollis-Jefferson hasn't been in the NBA since he was on the T-Wolves' Anthony Edwards' rookie season. So they've actually been uh, friends and keeping in touch with each other, and they were talking smack in that game as... Team USA went on to win 110-62. to 62. Let's I'm move not, over. I'm not in on this. So, like, is anybody going to give them any game, or is this, are I they going to roll? They're going to roll until probably the quarterfinals, semifinals, and stuff. Um, I know France just got eliminated, I believe, but Argentina's good. Spain is good. Uh, there gotcha. will be a couple tough competitions. Yeah, I think Ca- tests, Canada's right? really good now, too. Canada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look at the Canada roster. It's like all NBA players. I got some Saskatchewan farm boys playing <laughs> basketball now. They're supposed to be playing hockey, dude. Let's move over to tennis as I've been watching a ton of U.S. Open action. And father time and I guess mother time has come for everyone. And last night they came for Venus Williams. She has lost her superpowers for uh, years, decades. Venus was one of the most fierce competitors on the tennis court. Last night, she struggled to get a first serve in, losing 6-1, 6-1, her most lopsided defeat at the U.S. Open. She's been to the U.S. Open 21 times and has been 21-0 in the first round till last night to the 26-year-old uh, Menen, who was born in August of 1997, the month before Venus reached her first U.S. Open final. Yeah, I was going to say, she's probably got a decade and a half on yeah, her, right? Yeah, Venus That's, is in her 40s. That hard court in your 40s. It's got to take its toll, right? Yeah. Well, she Oof. just, what, she still had the strength in her shots, but yeah. all her shots were going up the middle. It's like she lost a little bit of the, of the accuracy, uh, which is tough, you know, in tennis. Carlos Alcaraz uh, advanced after his opponent rolled his ankle. It was a sad scene last Popped night. It. Uh, yeah, ankle pop. He played for another like 30 minutes, and it was it was sad to watch him limp around the court against the top tennis player in the planet. You know, yeah. he just got smoked. So uh, he had to retire. Arcos and Alcaraz advanced. Danil Medvedev looked sharp in the first round. You get more Americans playing today. Mackenzie McDonald, we talked about him. He had the upset of Elisa May, the 15th-ranked Canadian. He plays today at 12 noon. Chris Eubanks. Former analyst, now tennis star once again. He plays at 12.30. You have the young 20-year-old American I like watching, Ben Shelton. He faces Dominique Team at 2 p.m. 
You have the 14th-ranked American Tommy Paul in action today at 2.30. And then the night matches, Francis Tiafo, the DMV legend, 10th-ranked uh, player right now. Doesn't sound like an American. He's at 7 p.m. on Arthur Ashe. Well, he's from Sierra Leone. But you don't know Tiafo's story of him? No. He grew up, and his dad was a maintenance worker at a uh, tennis facility in Maryland. And because of that, he got to play for free, and he started All getting lessons, yeah. and, he, and he started just kicking ass. Well, and, I'm uh, glad he plays for the U.S. Though. Yeah, it's, it's a cool story. And then the ninth-ranked American is Taylor Fritz. We know about him because of his smoking hot girlfriend. And they love the show on TV <laughs> and the big serve. Uh, he's the late game on Louis Armstrong tonight uh, at 8.30 p.m. Over to the NFL here on the Sports app. The Colts don't trade Jonathan Taylor. Just will remain on the pup list for the Colts. I told you they're not going to trade him. You're right. They're going to wait it out. He's too good, and they're not going to get anything in return. So, so what, October? They got to wait? Uh, they have to wait four weeks Is now. Is he going to come look. off the pup? Yeah. After, at all before yeah. then? I mean, who's going to come off the pup first, him or Kyler Murray? You know, <laughs> right. I don't know. because Kyler pup, Murray just might retire. Yeah. Why would you want to step into that mess? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so speaking of the NFL, Pat McAfee went on a rant yesterday where he believes that Washington's head coach, Ron Rivera, has lost his fastball. Let's play the short clip of Pat McAfee yesterday on his show. Uh, Coach Ron Rivera has lost his fastball. I just feel like it's going to be tough for Ron Rivera to win. I hope that's not the case, but I think he's lost it. I think he's lost it as a head coach. Has he been hanging out with you and the guys from the fan in D.C.? Everybody is destroying Ron (laughs) Rivera. You know, Grant and Danny aren't fans of him. Cakes went on an epic rant yesterday saying he wants Ron Rivera fired if they lose week one. I'll give you my thoughts on Ron Rivera next on The Commander's Corner. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Always available around the country on the Odyssey app. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. AWOD Radio. Every weekday from noon to 3. On Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. If you want to get in touch with us throughout the show, phone lines are open. We like to make this as interactive a radio show as possible. You could be the quarterback of this segment, 833-804-0910. Call AWOD, 833-804-0910. You can always tweet us throughout the show, at 910thefan or at AWOD Radio. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air. So, I wanted to get into Pat McAfee's comments on Ron Rivera saying that he has, quote, lost his fastball. That is the lead story as we talk a little commanders here on the commander's corner. So, Zach, I know you are a Rivera guy. So I will I'll do my bit. We'll let Pat McAfee speak. And then the floor is yours to defend Ron, to okay. defend the riverboat. OK. All right. Yeah. So here's what I wanted to say about Ron Rivera. I believe. He's gotten too comfortable with the media. They surrounded him in 2020. You had Washington's off-the-field drama, right? Who's going to replace Jay Gruden, who's smoking cigarettes with an 18-year-old year girl on the sidewalk? Doing purple nurples Outside of a bar. Right, doing purple nurples at practice with Sean Jackson. The culture was terrible under Jay Gruden. So it was a tough task. And who the hell wanted to work for Dan Snyder, right? So I get that. 
the media surrounded him in 2020, the Washington off the field drama, the pandemic, right? Coaching through a pandemic. Oh yeah, he battled cancer and beat it too. So I love Ron for all of those reasons. But the media surrounded him and he went through it all. And these big reporters like Ian Rappaport, Albert Breer, Adam Schefter, Grant Paulson, you know, all these big guys, they developed relationships with Rivera during that time. And here's what I think we need to take a step back and realize. Let's face it. Rivera's been a head coach for 10 plus seasons. He's accomplished a lot. He's been to a Super Bowl. He played in the league. He won. He's got a great resume. And he knows all these people. So he creates these relationships, right? And he's networking with all these very well-connected journalists inside of the industry. But I think Ron Rivera has clouded his judgment on whether these contacts, these connections, these networks are friends or they're just using him for quotes. And I don't think he understands that because he's just become too comfortable with the media and the information that he gives them, the information that he lets outside of the locker room. It needs to stop. You know, he should have never told Albert Breer he wanted to play Sam Howell. He should have never told the media that Eric Bieniemy's coaching style was a concern. He should never be doing these interviews and not just doing your average coach speak. Like, please stop telling everyone our inner secrets. So here's what I wanted to say about Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera is the mom in book club who didn't read the book, but she came with 15 stories about her children misbehaving. So damn it, Ron. I want to like you, but I've started to become a hater because of the fact that I feel like he's just giving out all these information. He's just letting these secrets out and he's being a mom instead of being a leader of men on the football field. And I also don't like that I see him on these sidelines wearing these stupid sunblocking glasses. Like, just wear some shades. He's got no style. And now I'm starting to not like anything about Ron Rivera. Now let's play the clip from Pat McAfee so you guys know I'm not the only one who's out on Ron. Let's talk about somebody who uh, I don't think he's ever going to win a Super Bowl as a head coach, and it breaks my heart. Oh, no. It does break my heart. Former player. Yeah. Oh, Riverboat Ron, oh, they say. Okay. Love Riverboats. Yeah. Love Riverboats. Yeah. Love former players that are coaches. Mm-hmm. Love former players having success. Love coaches that his players like him. Like that coaches have success. Been to a Super Bowl. Love everything about it. I do believe as a football coach, though, his time is done. Yeah. yeah. The more things that he says with his outside voice that should be just inside voice things makes me realize that maybe he has lost the certain thing that head coaches need to have. Taylor yeah. Heineke was supposed to start yeah. a game, and yeah. he, the last game of the year, and he said, don't start me. You guys need to see this guy. Mm-hmm. And Taylor Heineke goes, uh, no, I just really like the guy, and I think he is – Really good. To be honest, Ron Rivera never watched him practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. clearly. That so was the, all. the only way that Coach Rivera is going to see this guy is if he gets into a game. That's great. And I'll tell you what, as soon as we saw him, I'm a massive fan. This follows him talking about Eric Bieniemy in a way where he's like, mm-hmm. Eric, not a head coach, kind of a doofus. <laughs> and it's like, all right, that's inside voice. Might be real. Mm-hmm. Should not be saying that publicly. Had to come back. And then if you go back last year, I didn't even know we had a chance to make playoffs. Yeah. Right. So there's like numerous things now that have happened where I think Ron Rivera – uh, Coach Ron Rivera has lost his fastball. I just feel like it's going to be tough for Ron Rivera to win. I hope that's not the case, but I think he's lost it. I think he's lost it as a head coach. So you know I agree with what Pat McAfee's saying there. I mean, what do you think? Okay. I love how everybody starts off by saying, I love Ron. Right. He's yeah. a great guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so then you get you the You have onslaught. to preface it, you know, because he's done a lot of good things for the yeah. community. Yeah. He's a great individual. 
All right. So do do you? I'm gonna come strong okay. here. Do you? Do you? Uh, Grant, Danny, any of the junkies, Pat McAfee think they know more about football than Ron Rivera? No. I, the answer is no. They think they do. And yeah. is there anything more important than what's on the field? No. Is he naive with the media? Yes. Is he too nice? Yes. Did he get a good education with the media in Charlotte? No. <laughs> is he swimming with sharks in D.C.? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think he, everybody's jumping on this bandwagon of Ron, and he's put an impossible situation in D.C. under Snyder. You guys all want him gone because he's still but, attached but to he's, Snyder. But you're not getting to the point where he's putting his own foot in his mouth. Okay, but if they win week one, then I wish everybody would shut up because then it becomes a distraction. I mean, if he goes, if he's 4-0 this season, is is it still going to be he's in the hot seat? Like, I think you guys are just finding, you're, you're betting this decades-long mire of Snyderism that you have to almost naturally, like, it's vomiting negativity. No, you you're know? right. You're right. And but at so the same you time, you have to have something to complain about. We haven't even played a game but yet. But part of being the head coach in DC is understanding how to handle the media. And Pat McAfee made a great point there with the inside voice versus the outside voice. And if you, if you kind right. of read through the lines there, what he's saying is there's just certain things that you should never tell the media. But if everybody in the room's cool with them, then it's fine. Um, maybe he loses the room this year. I don't know. But I forget who said it yesterday. He's the one who brought EB into the mix here. Yeah. He want, he knew he needed an offensive genius to run this offense to have well, a Well, he knew he needed an offensive genius because of the fact that he had Sam Howell at practice every day last year and didn't watch him enough, didn't focus <laughs> in on the backups enough to realize maybe he gives you a better chance to win than the guy that went to ODU and was sleeping on his, mom, or his sister's couch. Or Maybe. Carson Wentz, who was playing with a broken finger. You know, Ron Rivera's the same guy that went to the media and said, I watched the gosh darn tape. I read through all the BS. I knew that Carson Wentz was the guy we wanted. You know, he has lost his fastball. If he's telling the media that I did all this research on Carson Wentz and we saw Carson Wentz poop the bed. He, he is the exact opposite of playing with house money this year. Yeah. You know, he's in a tough spot. Yeah. Um, hopefully he just, uh, you know, he makes all the right moves and the, and the guys buy in. You know, but uh, I just think it's still, I think it's much to do about nothing. And we're not talking about games or anything like that. Nothing has happened yet. It's right. just anything that this he won't does be a story at a press conference on Monday. turns into a thing. It won't be a story on Monday. Right. It's a story today because, hello, the season's not here. We got this stupid week off, right? Because there's no fourth preseason game. So there's no stories coming out except for the fact that the way Ron Rivera speaks to the media, it, it's puzzling. I think Ron in his next venture, whatever it is, it's probably not going to be as a head coach. Yeah. Um, they're not going to bring somebody in. Uh, it, it would be a bad team or a middling team. He needs to be a, a defensive coordinator and go win a Super Bowl. That would be his next endeavor, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's just the problem is, is that like everybody kind of says that Ron has lost his fastball now. You know, Pat McAfee, we had the clip. You know, Ian Rappaport's not going to say anything negative. That's his guy. Albert Breer went art went you know went viral with the article. I'm sure if you ask inside NFL circles if they truly believe Ron Rivera's lost his fastball, they would all say yes. And that's that's the issue right there is that and I said this before, if Dan Snyder was still the owner and there was no hoopla of him selling the franchise, Ron would have been fired last year because the team was 7 and 5 and then finished the season 8-8 eight, eight, and 1. 
You were seven and five with four games to go, five games to go. Easy chance to get into the postseason. You need to win two. Couldn't do it. It, it was a, it was fireable. To go back to Carson Wentz and stink it up against the Browns was a fireable offense. He didn't get fired because Dan Snyder had his eyes on six point oh five billion dollars and the Amafi Coast. It's been so much about no football, non-football things. Yeah, you know, and if. If they go on a great run and make the playoffs this year, they'll all say it's because of the enemy, and he'll probably be done too. But we'll see if he gets right. an early hook. Ron, Ron's in a terrible situation, and that you know, the room still buys in and all that stuff. Everybody will agree if the offense does well, it's Eric the enemy. He's the voice of God. If the defense does well, oh, Jack Del Rio's got the boys playing well. Ron Rivera is just standing on the sidelines with his arm folded. He's got nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with anything. He's the president. That's what he is. Okay. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It's game week here on AWOD Radio. It's Virginia Tech hosts ODU. We'll talk some Hokies next on The Fan. Are you ready to join the AWOD Army? Tune in to the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Always available around the country on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free. You could search AWOD Radio to hear me Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. The Odyssey app is the best app out there for music, play-by-play, and sports talk. Gives you the ability to pause, rewind a segment, run some errands, and then pick up right where you left off. Odyssey Richmond is proud to be the home for the Washington Commanders this season and the Virginia Tech Hokies. Game one this Saturday at Lane Stadium can be heard right here on 910 the fan will catch up with Bill Roth at 1.30 for the Cowan Gates Hokies update. But joining us right now from the Sons of Saturday Virginia Tech podcast, it's our buddy Billy Ray. What's going on, bud? Nothing much. Getting ready. I got Bruce Springsteen tonight, and then I'm headed down to Southwest Virginia for the game uh, right after. So oh, I'm no way. To it. So where are you seeing Springsteen? My dad's a big fan. Yeah, he's at MetLife Stadium tonight, so looking forward to it. Obviously, expecting uh, expecting to pull out all the stops coming back home to New Jersey, so uh, we're looking forward to it. Well, that's awesome, man. So let's get into it here. Let me hear your preview for this Saturday's game. Old Dominion comes to Lane Stadium Saturday, 8 p.m. for the first matchup here in year two of the Pry era. Yeah, so it's been it's been a uh, pretty competitive back and forth here with four matchups, each team winning twice, no team losing at home. Uh, you got the battle of the Grant, the quarterback. You got Grant Wilson over at ODU. He comes from Fordham with his old offensive coordinator, Kevin Decker. And you have Grant Wells for the Hokies, who, look, I think a lot of people have placed a lot of the blame for uh, kind of the results that we saw in offense last year squarely on his shoulders, when in reality, I think he was really working with a um, – really working with a group that didn't have a lot of talent at, uh, at the skill positions and the offensive line really struggled. So um, I think if you see anything other than a 15-play touchdown on the first drive, you're going to get some murmurs and maybe some, some, uh, some boos from the fan base. But I would say, look, I'm expecting, I'm expecting good things from Grant Wells this year, uh, given another year in the system for both him 
the entire offense and our offensive coordinator. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was one of the people that was definitely saying I'm in to see Drones this season. I wanted him to win the quarterback battle. And I thought it was very interesting that Coach Pride told reporters that he will find a way to get Drones some action every single week. So what do you think that looks like? When will we see Drones? Maybe goal line? Maybe like a third and one? What do you think? It's funny because we just uh, we just wrote about this on our website about the two-quarterback system, which everybody loves to say has never worked in the history of college football, which is just <laughs> frankly not true. Um, we saw it work with Chris Leak and Tim Tebow at Florida. We saw it work with Cardell Jones and JT Barrett at Ohio State. We saw Northwestern run it. We've seen LSU run it before. And, look, I think the most important thing is uh, how is the offensive coordinator and the coaching staff going to handle it? Do they have a good feel on who's the best fit for certain um, scenarios? And how are the two student-athletes going to handle it? Are they going to be looking over their shoulder? Are they going to be getting frustrated? If you can handle both edges of that, I do think that we see Kyron Drones adding that running athleticism, maybe some read option type stuff. Um, and if he can throw the ball, great. But he's an incredible athlete. He's huge. He's strong. Um, so I'm interested to see how they use him. But I think short, short yardage goal line uh, is probably what's going to end up happening, but I would love to see him get a drive or two. I'd love to see us just run the points up and give him an opportunity to get out there and uh, get those live reps. That's what really got Hennon Hooker the ability to take off was getting in and getting live reps. So um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Run the score up and get both quarterbacks some action. That's exactly what all of Hokies Nation is hoping for. It's Billy Ray from Sons of Saturday, Virginia Tech, here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Uh, but you know, to preview this Saturday's game, I do feel like we need to rewind and speak about what went wrong last year for Virginia Tech because just about anything that could go wrong did go wrong last year in that game. Sure. I mean, you look at the turnovers, you look at the non-working elevators, you look at the, you look at the stuff still out of the locker room, just about everything went wrong. Um, you know, it was year one, and I think what I really appreciate from Coach Pry and uh, this coaching staff in general is they've been very transparent with, look, We've, we've done things wrong here. Here are a couple things that we're going to do different week to week. Um, and uh, I think as this team is really young, so is this coaching staff. So um, I'm definitely expecting a different result. I do have the Hokies covering this week. Um, this line has been all over the place. It currently sits at, sits at 16 points. Um, but really what I want to see out of this game is just alignment, assignment, understanding of what you're doing, and just look organized because that was my biggest thing last year was you watch the game and you're not only losing on the scoreboard, but you're losing in body language. You're losing in um, kind of understanding where you want to be and you get crushed in the turnover department. That's why we lost the game. ODU still has Jason Henderson as their middle linebacker, uh, team's leading tackler, but new quarterback uh, for ODU, their star wide receiver, from last year, now wearing Hokies colors. They're tight end now in the NFL. So what about this season's ODU team scares you the most? I guess what scares, uh, scares me the most is kind of just not knowing exactly what they're going to look like. With all of that change, with the new offensive coordinator, the only sure thing really I can think of about Old Dominion is that middle linebacker who led, I believe, all of college football in tackling last year. He had 179 tackles in 2022. Um, and the second, the second guy in that list, yeah, he did lead it in 2022. The second guy had 148, so he's a tackling machine. Um, the one thing on offense to keep an eye on is they have a running back named Kadarius Talloway. He transferred over from East Mississippi Community College, extremely explosive. He was the number two recruit in Mississippi in 2021 and ended up transferring out of Alabama when they put him at defensive back. So he's really, really athletic. He's going to be probably the most athletic person on the field, but 
that's what scares me the most is just not knowing what their offense is going to look like. You know, everybody knows about the relationship that Coach Pry has with ODU's head coach, Ricky Ronnie. They have the history uh, working with each other at Penn State on the staff from 2014 mm-hmm. 2019. How do you think that relationship with ODU's coach will change the way Coach Pry prepares and his game plan for Saturday? Yeah, I mean, uh, Ali Jennings was asked a little bit about this, about his familiarity with the team. At the end of the day, you're playing ball. Um, you know, there are a lot of folks who have a lot of connections and a lot of friends, and the coaching industry is a lot smaller than people think. So I think at the end of the day, you may have some tendencies and some things that you can pick up on, but at the end of the day, you're just looking at it as another opponent that you have to go out and you have to out-scheme and you have to outperform and uh, win the game. Who are you most looking forward to watching for the wide receivers for the Hokies this season? I mean, the easy answer is Ali Jennings. Um, I think he is supremely talented. I, I, I can't – I hate to shift the question on you. What I'm most excited to watch about on the offense is our running backs. I can't remember the last time we've had this many talented running backs in the room and so many guys that you feel comfortable rolling out. Granted, they haven't had a ton of experience in maroon and orange, but, I mean, Malachi Thomas, when healthy, is really, really good. Basial Tootin was an absolute monster at his previous school. So, um that's what I'm really going to be looking at is that uh, is that front five, how we're working in with the tight end, whether Nick Gallo plays or not, and uh, that running back room. So for me, it's Jalen Lane, the transfer, because of mm-hmm. his speed at wide receiver. What have you heard about how they want to use him in the offense? Is he going to be a slot guy or on the outside? I haven't heard anything about that. I, I, I do think that it's a little bit of an interesting position for Virginia Tech because they have said, and if you watched last year, you would have noticed, we don't really know what our identity is the beginning of the year we tried to be a smash mouth football team and um then we kind of had to shift our uh how we were how we were handling that in the middle of the season so i think you're going to get a better sense as to how we're utilizing the um i don't want to call it a spoil of riches but the talent that we have this year compared to last year uh and what kind of football team we necessarily want to be um and we're going to find that out here on saturday Billy, what, what will uh, you guys be doing during the game and post-game? Will you have a podcast? Everyone can check that out at Sons of Sat Virginia Tech on Twitter. Sure thing, yeah, at Sons of Sat VT on Twitter. Um, we have a bunch of stuff coming out on the website. We also are including some game rewatches with some film uh, breakdowns that are coming out. Uh, Sam Jesse's been doing a great job with that. So, um, yep, previews every week, uh, Monday morning live show and then also uh, game reactions that come out on Monday after each game. So um, check us out, and uh, you do a great job as well also. So I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the plug. Yeah, no problem. That's Billy Ray. You can follow him on social media at Billy Ray Tweets and check them out, Sons of Saturday, Virginia Tech. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Your home for AWOD Radio every weekday from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. You can tweet us throughout the show. At 910 The Fan or at AWOD Radio. I just tweeted, pull over. Stop what you're doing. Pause your work for 10 minutes. We've got a special guest. We've got the Lurch Papa, Jason Bishop from the Sports Junkies on the hotline right now. What's going on, Lurchy? AWOD Radio. What is up? What is up? (laughs) How are you doing today, man? 
I'm good, man. This it's game week. College football starting. Well, it started last week, but you know you got the full week one starting tomorrow night, and of course the Hokies are playing down there under the lights uh, at Lane against Old Dominion. So I'm excited. I hope all your listeners are excited. This is a great time of the year, man. Absolutely, and I loved your interview that you did. Not much that the uh, junkies did, but you did yesterday with Coach Pry on the show. And you mentioned you went to the spring game. What were some of the things that you took away from going to Virginia Tech's spring game this year? That was the first one that I had been to, and um, it, it was it was pretty cool. I mean, it was pretty hot, so we we only lasted into like mid third quarter. Um, at the time, you know, my oldest daughter who just graduated in May, but she was down there. My younger daughter is a, is a junior now. So we were hanging out with them, went to the game with them. And it was fun. And I just wanted to kind of see the the new faces that are there on the roster. And Brett Pry, by the way, is a great dude. Yeah. He is a really – I really hope it works out for him. He's just a nice guy. He's um, he's dedicated. Man, he's just, he's just really good. I just hope it works out. But – it was fun, man. I had never been to spring game, and it, it was pretty good atmosphere. The tailgating was cool. Um, so let's just see how it progresses here in year two for Coach. Yeah, I, I really do hope it works out. And, you know, I started this job a year ago in June, so I started really following and covering the Hokies, and there was just so much energy around the program last year with the hiring of Brent Pry. And I'm wondering, do you still feel like there's this renewed energy inside the program with Brent Pry as the leader for year two? I do. I, I really do. Talking to some fans, you know, some parents, um, some of the donors, they really are high on this guy because he, he, he could bring in talent. That's what's one thing he was great at at Penn State. He could pluck talent out of Virginia, and he brought him up there. And I think you're starting to see that a little bit here in year two. I mean, last year, Adam, the roster was like an, an FCS roster. I mean, it was bad. You know, I mean, Grant Wells had nine passing touchdowns last year. Drake May for North Carolina had 38. <laughs> so, I mean, just think about that. You you can't win games when you're quarterback. And that's not all, Grant, all on Grant Wells. He wasn't good, all right? He was terrible. But the offensive line gave him no time. Defense wasn't great. So, they were falling behind in games. So, they were kind of forced to throw. But um, I do believe that there's faith in coach. You got to give a new staff, like, three or four years, especially with this transfer portal thing, right? Well, that's what um, I was going to go with next year is, like, how long does it take now to build a program with the transfer portal and, and all the NIL stuff that has changed college football? You know, I, I think you would give Pry four years, but you want to see some kind of momentum moving into year two and three. 100%. Yeah. I agree. Um, they had some horrible losses last year, starting with Old Dominion. All right, you can't lose the Old Dominion. I don't care what kind of roster you have. Um, now, Old Dominion, you know they got Ricky Ronnie there as a coach. He knows Coach Pry very well. They're both on the uh, Penn State staff. But, dude, Tech had six turnovers in that game, and one of the turnovers was on a field goal attempt that was like 20 yards, and the snap went like over the, the holder's head, and it was returned for a touchdown. I mean, you, they played like a high school team. You can't lose games like that. And um, and he said that. Price said, look, we just got to be a lot better. And they went out and got some guys, especially a receiver. They got three new receivers through the portal, including Allie Jennings, by the way, who was at ODU last year. And he killed them. He had like over 100 yards in that game. So um, they were a bad team last year. They, 
I'm just hoping they get let's can we double the wins? They had three last year. Can we get to six? Can we get bowl eligible? That's what I'm hoping for. And then in year three, that's when you gotta start thinking about starting to contend for a an ACC championship or pretty close to it. So I don't know, man. I'm just hoping that the quarterback situation's gotta be much better. Yeah, I mean, you think back to that last game, that game last year, and you're right. Everything that could go wrong went wrong in that game. You know, speaking of the Hokies this season, you want to see improvement. What do you think will be the strength of this team? Like, what position group? I think the DBs are going to be legit because um, the, Dorian Strong was had some injuries last year. They brought in some really good freshmen. Watch out for this kid, Dante Lovett. All right, he's a freshman. I think his uniform number is number one on the defensive side. Um, he's from DeMatha up here, my high school, up here in the D.C. area. Really athletic kid. He's probably going to be a backup corner, but he's going to get some time. They brought in some stud freshman um, corners and DBs. They also have a transfer in from Georgia Southern. His name is Derek Canteen. I think he's a senior. But I think the DBs are going to be really good. Um, and – like I said, the receivers, they brought in three new receivers. Jennings, they brought in this kid Felton from, I think he's from um, uh, Norfolk State, and then Jalen Lane, who's from Middle Tennessee. So they got three new receivers, and they had to get a receiver because last year they were just a disaster. I think their leading receiver last year had 37 catches. So think about that. Um, they, I think they've got a couple positions that are better, and, but it comes down to what? What position does it always come down to? The quarterback. And, and, and that's what was interesting is that Coach Pry did mention that Drones, the transfer from Baylor, would get action every week. And, you know, I, I haven't been uh, scared to say on the radio, I wanted Drones to win the job. I just looked back at last year, and I don't think there was any game where you could say, Grant Wells deserves to be the starter again next season. And so when you look at the upside with Drones, his ability to run, and we know Virginia Tech's always at their best when they have a running quarterback. So I wanted him to win the job. He doesn't win the job, but Price says he's going to get action. Well, what does that look like? What, when does he get in the game? I don't know. Certain packages, I don't know. They'll figure something out. Yeah. Um, they moved um, Tyler Bowen into the quarterback room, so he's he's the OC and he's the quarterback coach. Um, they also brought in Elijah Brooks, who was the running backs coach at Maryland. He was the DeMatha coach for many years, and then he moved into running backs coach at Maryland. Now he's at Virginia Tech. He's very good. So hopefully he makes that RB room better. But I don't know. I mean, we just have to kind of wait and see where Drones is used. I, I would agree. When I saw him in the spring game, he wasn't very impressive, but he was also playing behind the third-string offensive line. So I, I couldn't really tell you much based on what I saw from him, um, and I didn't see him much last year. He, he played in limited time for Baylor last year. So I agree with you, man. I mean, that's the biggest question mark. Wells has to be like 100 times better than he was last year, or they're going to struggle again, or Drones will be playing sooner than later. It's Jason Bishop with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Lurch Papa on the Sports Junkies. And we know you watch a ton of college football. So uh, who do you think competes in the college football playoffs this season? I'll be rooting for Caleb Williams and USC. I definitely think Michigan makes it in there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, by the way, just think about how different next year is going to look. When there's 12, year. yeah. <laughs> there's 12. I mean, and then you're going to have conference realignment, um, you know, conference expansion. You might have – hell, dude, you might have Stanford, Cal, and SMU and the ACC. Think about that. Yeah. Um, so everything's going to be much different next year. Um, 
I mean, you got to go with the Blue Bloods, man. Uh, USC's defense has to get a lot better. They brought in a bunch of transfers, so that's they didn't look very good defensively against San Jose last week, I'll tell you that. But, you know, they've got to get a lot better. You know Georgia's going to be legit. Let's see how good Carson Beck is at quarterback. They say, I was listening to somebody, a Georgia insider, they say Carson Beck is the most talented quarterback of Georgia since Matt Stafford. Wow. So think about that. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's got some expectations there. Michigan's going to be legit. Um, you know, Ohio State, let's see how good this Kyle McCord kid is. They got two legit RBs and they got great receivers. Bama, they don't, I don't know. They're, that's a quarterback dilemma too. So I don't know, man. I mean, I think Penn State's going to be really good this year. They got a new quarterback, this kid, Aller, Drew Aller, and they've got two great running backs. They always have good receivers. Uh, in the ACC, let's see if Florida State and Clemson can hang, you know? Yeah, we'll find out um, week one for sure with FSU. Correct, yeah. correct. That'll be good. And then Clemson plays Duke. Um, Duke will be interesting, too. they got a stud freak athlete at quarterback. But I don't know. I got. I think in terms of the playoff, you just got to look at the, um, the Blue Bloods. You're going to probably see at least two or three of the same teams next year. Yeah. Well, Lurch, this has been fun, man. Let's do it again throughout the season. And I know you're going to a couple games this year. I'm going to try to uh, make it there the same weekend as you. Let me know. We'll tailgate. Yeah, sounds good. All right, we'll get a little blitzkrieg. <laughs> you know I like to get after it. All right, brother. Have right. a good one. Yep, talk to you later. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Jason, thanks so much, man. Always appreciate it.